You're listening to Real Talk with Regions. In this special podcast, recorded at a panel discussion before a live audience, Chris Matthews, finance and innovation reporter at the Houston Business Journal, continues his panel discussion with five young business leaders. In part two, we'll hear all about overcoming career obstacles, dealing with workplace challenges, and developing better communication habits in the workplace. Will Davis is branch manager and vice president at Regions Bank's Alder Trails branch. Pierce Bush is CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Lone Star. Kelly McCormick is managing director at University of Houston Red Labs. Grant Pinkerton is the founder of Pinkerton Barbecue. And lastly, Ryan Soroka is president and co-founder of Eighth Wonder Brewery. Now, let's hear from the city's young professional leaders themselves, brought to you by Regions Bank. So Ryan, what's a big career obstacle that you've faced um, you know, so far into your career, and what advice would you give to people facing similar situations? I would say um, coming across naysayers or haters or people who doubt you. Um, you know, starting a brewery, a lot of people told me that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard, or why would you do that, or you can't do that, there's already a huge brewery, terrible idea. That is, for someone who's a natural optimist, it's defeating. It's, um, you know, it can really take a toll on you, but honestly, you got to use that as motivation. You got to use that to drive, to almost prove people wrong. But um, I, I don't think it's just entrepreneurs or, or, you know, business owners. I think in our day to day, we get challenged by people who say, you can't do that, bad idea, don't do this. And honestly, you just got to stick to your guns and stay true to your, your vision and and kind of push through. Um, and we get it to this day, maybe not so much the same scale of starting up a business, but you know, hey, we want to introduce a new product line. Oh, terrible idea. Well, okay, let us prove you wrong. And look, sometimes we succeed and sometimes we fail, but we definitely learn lessons both ways and um, just kind of battling through the negativity and staying optimistic. I know it's cliche, but it's gotten me through some tough days. So I think the biggest obstacle in my career would be uh, and I kind of touched on this in the beginning, that I've really bounced around. And after I went and got a degree, I got a degree in finance, and then I went to law school after that, and I did a year at a nonprofit, actually, in between that. Um, I was like thinking that I was going to be an attorney. I took the bar. I did all the things. And after starting uh, practicing law, I was like, I can't. I can't even from like 10 more minutes practice law. Uh, so the people that do, power to you, because that's amazing. I could not do it. Um, and so realizing that and being at a point in my life where I was like, what am I going to do now? What, how am I going to change this? Like, I've worked for this for years to just get to this point, and I don't like it, and I can't stay another minute. Uh, like, realizing, or I guess, figuring out what to do next was a huge challenge. And um, I think that, honestly, um, it just came from an opportunity out of the blue that sounded great and ended up leading to something even better. But it was all about, again, just trying things and figuring out what I, what I liked and what I did not like. That is definitely a challenge when you find yourself at a place where you're like, I've dedicated so much time, but I have no idea how to move forward with this. And I think just taking a chance, taking a leap, doing something new is what I would suggest. Um, what is one of the biggest workplace challenges that young professionals face today? Grant? Uh, probably disconnecting from their cell phones while they're at work. I mean, I'm mean, like, to be very honest. Um, I don't know if y'all work in workplace, like, 
That is so common. Um, we're starting to lose uh, customer face-to-face -face communication. Um, how many times have you guys gone to a fast casual restaurant and gone to check out and the cashier has her phone open next to the cash register? Dude, that sh blows my mind. Um, and then they want you to tip, right? But I think disconnecting while we're at work to concentrate on work is a huge one. Our industry, there's very few places you can get experience other than working in a brewery. And so we've seen some new folks enter the brewery who, you know, they put in two months and they immediately want to be the head brewer, right? And it's like, listen, the person who's the head brewer now has been doing, has been cleaning kegs for a year, then went to the cellar for two years, then was the lowest ring on the brewing uh, ladder for two years, then became a brewer, and then after three years of that is a head brewer, right? So I think there's this misperception that you can just come into the workplace whatever it may be, and immediately be, you know, jump to the top. And look, there are, there are industries, there are certain special cases and really bright stars who can maybe do that, but 98% of the time, you've got to put in time and work, and that's just what it is. And I'm sure everyone here has put in time and work in what they do, and very few of us expect to show up on day one and be the CEO, you know, in a week or two. And definitely have seen that in kind of younger, uh, younger applicants who, you know, really get fed up after cleaning kegs for a month. I can tell you, that's a, not a fun job. You do not want to wash kegs. But, you know, before you're going to jump onto the next spot, you're going to perfect that. And that might take six months to a year. And if that's not your thing, you might be in the wrong industry. I think that's a great point. I, I see that a lot, too, as um, I'm sure you all do. People that come in, kind of, not too much experience. They get into the field. And then, you know, within six months, or three months, or sometimes sooner than that, they are expecting to be like, why am I not AGM? Why am I not, you know, why am I not pitmaster? It's like, well, you know, uh, I think patience. You know, we live in a in an era of instant gratification with, through our phones, through all this stuff, and we are our generation is looking for that in their jobs as well. Um, I think 20 years ago, getting a job, working your way up from the bottom, and not having that instant gratification was much more normal. Um, but nowadays, it's like, it's been eight months. I haven't gotten that big promotion I wanted yet. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, and I think that's something that's stunting the growth. I think I saw something along the lines of like our, our generation of millennials is uh, jumping jobs like 15 times by the time they're 40. I mean, that is, I mean that, that's it in a nutshell, you know? Certainly, career growth poses plenty of challenges. And to reach success, you must first work through those career challenges. Leveraging smart advice, tools, and resources, like those we learned about in today's discussion, are great ways to set yourself up for success. Helping you achieve your goals is something Regions Bank understands. Regions Next Step is a financial education program offering advice, tools, and guidance to help you accomplish your goals at every stage of your life. No matter your goals, Regions will help you with each step you want to take. How do you develop better communication skills across industries um, in the workplace, you know, negotiating for a salary or, or asking for a promotion, um, shifting a career path? You know, how do you develop better communication skills like that? I think it starts with the conversation. Um, so in the corporate world, if you're working for a manager, I think you've got to build a level of trust there where you can have that conversation. 
Um, and I think it should be an ongoing conversation. So just like people, uh, your manager wants to talk to you about your development or your performance, that needs to be a part of that conversation. You know, here's where I'm at today. Here's where I'd like to be. I'd like you know to get there. I'd like your help to get me there. Um, or you know, I'd like to help you have you help me identify a mentor or someone who can you know elevate my career to the next level. You know, if it's if it's a a, a conversation around your pay then you need to share the reasons why you feel you're worth that. And I think that if you've got that level of trust or that open conversation there, you should be able to have a candid conversation with your manager about that. Kelly? Um, I'm actually a, a really big fan of just practicing as much as possible for any of these things that we've talked about. You know, if it's, if it's negotiation, public speaking, talking to employees, talking to your boss. Uh, I know some people can just go in and do it. You know, they can have those hard conversations right away. They can talk about negotiating their salary. but for me, I am like I have to sit down and practice with someone what I'm going to say, and just doing it over and over again, practicing those difficult conversations, practicing scenarios is really really helpful. And also reminding yourself that, for the most part, if you're going into a difficult conversation, for instance, like negotiating your salary, and it doesn't go well, it's probably one of those places you don't want to be at anyway. You know, like if it's, if you're really having someone react very negatively to asking what you think you're worth, that's just not a good situation. Um, but I will say to you, like my communication skills when I first left college, I probably would have never been able to get up on the stage. That just would not have happened. But I've talked in front of so many different classes, so many different people. I, I feel much more comfortable with it now. It's all just because practice. You know, how important is uh, our communication skills, you know, within a small business between your employees and, and yourself? Um, you know, how does that look and how do you build those skills? I mean, I'll readily admit. I think that's something that I personally continue to try to improve, and that's something that might be a weakness of not only myself, but maybe my partners. Um, you know, when we started, it was myself and two partners. We did everything. And so to communicate, it was pretty easy to just say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, we've grown to about 50 people and have multiple departments and different business units and different territories. and. As we've grown, again, I'll openly admit, I wish our communication, my communication has grown with it, and it's something I, I try to improve day to day. Um, but just being transparent and being regular, I think, is, is key. Um, not telling half the story, not saying something once and then not following up for many weeks later or not following up at all. I mean, it's gotta be steady, transparent, and it's got to be a two-way street. It's not just one person talking to another. You have to be receptive and, and listen and, and really encourage uh, a two-way conversation. Yeah, I think one of the things that's important as a business owner um, is making yourself available to your employees. Um, a lot of times, uh, owners or, I guess, um, CEOs or whatever, sometimes your employees don't feel that that you're approachable, right? Um, uh, or they have management telling them, oh, don't bother him with these issues. That is the farthest thing away from the truth that I want. I want my employees to feel like they can come to me with anything, whether it's wanting to ask for a weekend off or saying, hey, you know, the drink machine is leaking out the back. You know, I mean, the whole spectrum of things, but establishing an open communication with your employees, I mean, it all starts with when they walk in, hey, how are you doing today, right? If you, don't, if you don't address them when they come into the building, they're probably not going to want to come up and talk to you. Um, and so it's all about you know, kind of treating them like you know, they're humans too and 
having that personal relationship with. And then going back, kind of going back to the, um, the situation with like raises and things like that, if you're on this end of the spectrum, make sure you always kind of go into those conversations knowing where you stand. Um, know the ground that you're not gonna concede. Um, don't ever get into that situation where somebody's asking you for something and you've never thought about them asking you for that. You need to stay one step ahead of that so that when it comes, you can have a really good conversation with that person and say, hey, you know what, I've already thought about this. These are the areas I need you to grow so that I can grow your, your income. I can grow your benefits. If you can do that for me, I can do this for you. Um, and that, that, that's something that I, I felt is really important in, in kind of all business. And that concludes part two of our special three-part podcast recorded live in Houston, presented by Real Talk with Regions Bank. If you missed part one, check it out to hear all about how our panelists learned how to find their career passions and jump-started their careers. Look out for part three, where we'll continue our discussion with these leaders and hear all about avoiding career burnout, mastering delegation in the workplace, and finding the right mentor. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2019 Regions Bank Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Views presented are those of the individual speakers at a live event and may not be suitable for your individual situation.